You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much, as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. There's Corey. There's Ira. Happy holiday uh, week, everybody, to the uh, to the headliners out there. Happy Thanksgiving, all that good stuff. It's a chance for us to check in. This hour brought to you, as always, by Register Sausages. Um, I got my I got my supply from Ira. I went and picked it up. I've got. What? Got, Did you really? Yeah, I got sausages for days, boys. We made, we made the drop. Oh yeah. man, I didn't know that. Nobody told me that. It's exciting. It is. And my my oldest son was pumped. I came walking through the door with all that sausage, and he was like, "What's that?" I go, "Ah, I met Ira at a secret locale, and we did the drop." And he was like, "Good work, good work, pops. Let's go." He wanted me to cook it up right off the bat. So there we go. Yeah, you got I, some. Uh, uh, you got some good. You got some good samples in there, buddy. You got no, not samples. They're actual full uh, packages. Actual but uh, you got some of the. You got some of the world famous jalapeno cheddar. Yes, I did. Is, one of Corey's favorites. You got it's some the of first the first one. It's the first one I made. Bryce likes hot stuff. I said Corey brags about this stuff all the time. I'm going to make it for you right now, and he loved it. This uh, this week was, uh, I mean, it was just basically sausage. It was a sausage fest <laughs> at the Clark House. Is it, uh, what's the- right? Well, good point. But Stephanie, like every morning, morning afternoonish, uh, just we we were just out there crushing sausage, putting on eggs Benedict. She makes this eggs Benedict and puts the sausage links underneath with the muffins, nice. little nice. hollandaise. Oh, man. It's just, it's just you know, I miss it. I'm up here in Atlanta. I don't, you know, obviously I miss Stephanie, too. That, that first is too much. <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that, making it even harder is no registered sausage. My favorite part for those listening to the program, which is all of you, you can't see Corey's face when the moment of recognition hits him <laughs> that he should mention that he also misses her. 
and he has to get that quick slip that in there. That was it quick was, though, right? Yeah, it was well done. Well, if you're uh, if you're Mr. Sausage, you can go to registermeats.com. You can order it anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. I'm guessing if you're in Siam, wherever you are, register meats. Well, I don't know if that's true, but they'll, if you're in the continental United United States, I'm sure they'll ship you some sausage. It's also available at tons of grocery stores in the southeast, from the Panhandle and into Alabama and Georgia. And uh, working our way to Jacksonville, taking over the state, buddy, taking over the state with registers. I like it. All right, so it's not altogether surprising that there was a high level of dumbassery and irresponsibility uh, being uttered from the lips of one Dabo Sweeney who makes a living doing two things, winning a lot of football games and saying dumb things. Um, He's as tone deaf as they get, irresponsible, pretty dumb. I think he's really illustrated that on a lot of levels for many years now. Boy, he sure can coach a football team, though, so there's that. Um, I think think he got into college football to do two things. Win a lot of games and say dumb, dumb, dumb things. Stuff. Yeah. And there's almost he's almost run out of games to coach. He's prolific. This season. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's yeah. uh, it's unbelievable, man. What what uh what he does seemingly on a monthly basis. This is a nice try at that reference core. I don't know if you, you pulled got it off. Right? I don't know if you pulled I, no, it off completely. Well, you can't say the uh you can't yeah. say all of it, but yeah. 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 Good try. Okay. Good try. I knew yeah, where you were going. Dabo's uh he <laughs> it is amazing and what's what's cool about it is what we're seeing from afar is kind of what we saw with Jimbo to some degree in the mid-2013, 2014, where you get to that level of success where nobody's checking you anymore. Like mm-hmm. nobody in the school, on campus, nobody in your nobody in your family, nobody's checking you anymore, and you just keep saying crazier stuff. And so that's where Dabo is now, and it's going to be funny to kind of watch that play out. I think the difference, though, with Jimbo, especially when it came to that one-year one window – was that he always felt like he was under attack. It's like Dabo goes out of his way to do the dumb stuff. Jimbo, Jimbo's responses might have been not great, but Dabo was the one creating all of it. You know, that, was, that to me is the, the difference in uh, um, what, you know, Dab, Dabo doesn't have to have an opinion on everything. It doesn't have to go accusing thing, people of doing things. Well, I think, I think this thing, to me, this whole thing was him going back because he knew right away when that game was postponed that both teams were off on December 12th and they were going to make them play on December 12th. And that was part of the original discussion was the ACC and FSU were like, okay, well, we'll just move this game to December 12th. And Dabo's like, BS. <laughs> like he, do, he does not want to play that game on December 12th. He wants that off date before they play the ACC championship game. And I get it. I understand it. But, but I think that's the whole reason he went on the attack because there's no other reason. Like, why would he be furious? I mean, yeah, it's an inconvenience to go on the to go on the road, but nobody had accused him of anything. Florida, and what's funny is one of the things that came out of Clemson over the last 24 hours was Clemson people were saying, well, the only reason Clemson's gotten so mad and gone on the offensive is because Florida State leaked out what happened and they made us look bad. Well, the only reason Florida State people had to answer questions was because right off the bat, you got their players, Trevor Lawrence and some of their players going on Twitter saying it wasn't about COVID. Right. So Florida state had to get the word out. And so when we called and other media people called, they told us what happened and it made Clemson look bad. So then that's when he lost his mind. It's weird that somebody, whether it be a doctor, a president, an AD, isn't able to pull him aside and go, Hey man, 
I don't know if you've noticed this, but the number of games that are canceled every week due to COVID continues to increase. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Your star player got COVID. Half your team has gotten COVID. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Dabo, but uh, you know there are many weeks in which a lot of the college football teams efforting to finish this season in order to make money don't have enough healthy bodies to practice. I'm not sure you're aware of all this, but you're going to sound like an ass <laughs> and the dumb <laughs> that you are when you open your mouth and utter nonsensical babble which we're tired of having to then come and sweep up. Man, get it together. But nobody does. Nobody says anything. Hey, uh, keeps winning games, man. A lot of money for that university. Kids yeah, love it. Kids love being led by – apparently, kids love being led by somebody like that. He's just such an inane doofus, and it's funny to listen to him, and I do want him to keep talking. Um, I, I think it's important that he continue to talk because he's bound to say something that he can't recover from, and that's the only way that Florida State's got a shot to catch Clemson anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> It's not on the field or on the recruiting trail. It's out of his mouth. It's out of you're his like, mouth. You're, you're, if Jeff worked at FSU right now, I'd be sitting down with Norvell, and he's like, look, Coach, I know you want to move on. I know you want to talk about Virginia in this press conference, but you really need to start needling Dabo a little bit more. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's Take get a few more shots. Let's get I it going. I feel like maybe get him talking about World War II history. <laughs> and that could be your inroads to him having to resign. Well, that would be good. Yeah, you got to get him talking about World War II history the way that Bill Parcells did. Yeah, uh, and then and then and, if you, uh, or Mark Shot and yes. recent recently elected Tommy Tuberville. Oh, correct. Oh, so you get, yeah. you get him talking about that. You should ask him about uh, some of the more new and difficult subjects to discuss in American history, race relations, anything like that. Get him get him going on that. Mm-hmm. Ask him what he thinks about the Trail of Tears. I wonder. You know, he might utter something that. You'd be like floored to hear, you know. Yeah, and- no, there's a lot of possibilities. You got to start. You got to start somewhere. I think World War II, that's a wide enough swath. That's a good one. That's a good that one. He could. There's a lot of roads he could go down and not recover from. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're, the point is your chances of flipping this roster to a point where you can you can be competitive, let alone beat Clemson, is probably not of an easy solution. Is getting him to fire, getting himself fired. Which right. hey. You know, it would have to be something crazy. I mean, he oh, it definitely to... would. Hey, Clemson, the way he's got that thing rolling, I'm trying to think of what he could say. I'm sure oh, there is something. There, uh, there's, there's a, a few things, things here and there, but it they would they would not do it. Uh, they would do it very begrudgingly. What did you guys What did you guys think about? Uh... But then they hire Venables. Yeah, yeah, but that changes the dynamic, buddy. That you're right. Changes... Hey, you're right. You're absolutely is there right. Well, is there any chance that like? Because here's the, the reality. Florida State's players and their players' families have been just like players and families across the country, but I'm going to speak specifically about them, have been super concerned about this virus. It's not like it's not like the player. You know, I think sometimes we just view players or, or, you know, that's what they do. They go compete. But they and their families, we've seen players opt out. But even the ones that haven't opted out are legitimately concerned with good reason, like anybody would be about this virus and what they're what they're being asked to do. That's got to happen at Clemson too. Like I know they're they're happy to be winning, but then when you add that on top of the some of the comments he made during you know the summer uh, during the race relations, some of the comments he's made about you know paying players or players receiving benefits when he's making nine million dollars a year, at some point does that 
chip away at, 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 at who he keep, is. That's my point. Keep telling on yourself, Dabo. Keep telling on yourself. Every time you open your mouth and say something stupid, which is often, you're telling on yourself. At some point, that's got to resonate with recruits. At some point, because you've heard a few former Clemson players take shots at Dabo, and you've heard a few former players in the media say, what the hell is going on here? Does this guy really have the kid's best interest in mind? I'm not so sure. You know, the people have begun to second-guess and question. And as each hour has gone by since this quote-unquote controversy and since Dabo uh, took issue with the game being postponed, uh, you know, as more information has come in and more questions have been answered, the worse he looks. And that has been latched onto by a lot of people in the national media. A lot of people who cover college football have kind of thought, well, wait a minute, man. This doesn't make any sense. You're mad at Florida State? It was your player. And, they, and they've gone on and on about the many reasons why you can't be mad at Florida State in that situation for, for following their medical protocols and, and, and putting the kid's health in the, you know, at the forefront of the decision. Well, that, and that's the weird, the, you know, the challenging thing about this whole situation is, yes, leagues have protocols. And I guess that's what Dabo didn't really understand in all this, is yes, the league has protocols, but that's not... That's not all you get to go by. I mean, every school has their own concerns that might be raised by your situation. And what's funny about this whole thing is Clemson's story shifting completely from from start to finish. You know, when when it when when we were first told that they had a symptom, a player who had symptoms during the week, yeah, but then traveled with the team and tested positive, they quickly came back with, oh, well, he wasn't he wasn't symptomatic. And then their media put out that, oh, he didn't even practice earlier in the week. Well, he did practice earlier in the week. And then they try to say that, oh, well, he was completely asymptomatic. He didn't have any symptoms. We got Why the plane. But then when, exactly, and then Dan Radakovich went on Packard Durham yesterday, and they asked him specifically whether or not the guy had symptoms. And he, and he said, well, doctors have to decide whether or not something <laughs> symptomatic or asymptomatic. It's like, okay, Dan, but you talked to the doctor. I'm, I'm guessing you've spoken to your doctor. But the bottom line is, Florida State didn't pull that whole theory out of the air. Like, they know the kid had symptoms because their medical people told FSU's medical people. That's what they do. They're not, you know, this wasn't a coach. If Dabo was talking to Norvell, if we left it up to the coaches and Dabo and Norvell did a call on Friday, Dabo might tell it a little bit differently. But their medical people told FSU what exactly what happened. And it's the kid had symptoms. Then he tested positive later in the week. And you know, the, the embarrassing thing, and Corey touched on this in his column, and he also did on Wake Up, but, like, the fact that the ACC has not done anything in this whole thing, and not not they've not censured Dabo Sweeney, they have not really, they haven't announced a makeup time yet. Now, we'll see by the time this airs this afternoon. I was going to say. Maybe, maybe they will have a makeup date and time for the game, but, and I, and I do think FSU and Clemson are going to play on December 12th, because there's no reason not to, but... Uh, they haven't done any. The ACC hasn't done anything. They've just let this go on. And then Dabo went back at you know FSU last night on his calling show. I mean, you know, FSU is not going to continue the war of words. I mean, I think they've handled it pretty well. But you know, at some point, the ACC needs to do something. I think he could be suspended. I think he should be. If I was the commissioner, and I'm not, could you um, imagine that? I would suspend him. Like people have been suspended for a lot less than accusing one of your schools of ducking you in the middle of a. I keep wanting to cuss, a global pandemic where it's raging more right now than it has. And I'm not talking about just in the sports world, but just in the sports world, it's raging out of control. In life, it's raging out of control. And this guy's going to criticize you for uh, for not wanting to play the game to the point where he calls you cowards 
and says it's not a COVID issue. That's to me, that's worthy of a suspension, not just a fine, not just a public rec- reprimand, but a suspension. But the ACC has not said boo. But if my man complained about a holding call against Notre Dame, there'd be a public rep- reprimand within 24 hours. We're not shocked, though. No, We're not shocked to see no. this uh, ineptitude from the ACC's home office. We're not shocked to hear Dabo say dumb things. None of this is, is, is alarming. It's fairly predictable. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So we move on from here. Obviously, I think Florida State did the right thing. Uh, it will be forever viewed differently by Clemson fans and Clemson supporters and, and you know, Dabo supporters. And, and we know how that works. Uh, that That's fine. I agree with you, Ira. They'll play on the 12th in all likelihood. Dabo will be furious about it. I'm sure. The only thing, the only interest I have as far as that game goes is if uh, if he's still throwing the ball in the fourth quarter up 40, uh, what happens? And, well, and yeah. the, the potential for problems, uh, they do lurk. Well, that game, it's funny, man. Like that game now is a game that actually is probably going to get some attention. Like it's going to get some national attention because of all of this. You know, otherwise it was a noon game. I mean, yeah, it would have been on ABC, but it would not have been competitive. And as the game went on, people would just lost interest. And oh, yeah, Florida State's really down. Good job, Clemson. Trevor Lawrence is back. Let's look ahead to next week. Um, but now, because there won't be a ton of games that day necessarily, uh, and the fact that you know all this happened, I mean, that game is going to be highly uh, entertaining, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I I, I think, you know, I, I would I'm sure their players are going to want to do whatever they you know to defend Dabo, and they feel like they got jobs, and they felt like Florida State did some terrible disservice to them, so they're going to want to try to run up the score. I think Florida State's players, I would imagine, will be. Uh, pretty fired up too. Now, as the game goes on, I mean, we still don't think they're going to be competitive. But yeah, to your point, it could get chippy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I, I will be curious if, if you're Dabo, you really got two be training smart. staffs. The two training staffs that might get chippy. <laughs> if you're Dabo, you got to be smart about that game. You got to get in here, get the hell out of Dodge, shorten the game, run the ball, win your game by thirty, and move on. They've got bigger things to play for. Uh, but but that doesn't mean he'll do the smart thing. So it, it, it'll it, be curious to see. And it's not an official. It's not a done deal that they're going to play the game. The only you know the in like Corey made the comment that uh, they should suspend Dabo. Well, we know that's not going to happen, especially because you know the ACC needs Clemson and possibly a second team to get into the playoff for all that money. Um, so they're not going to jeopardize that by any stretch. Um, but that's the only the only way that you know one of the things that. Um, uh, their AD said yesterday about why they don't want to just jump ahead and reschedule the game is because what if their pick game this Saturday gets, gets bumped because of COVID Pitts had some uh, issues. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, he said, what if we have to move that? We, we have December 12th open. We'd like to move it to that date. Well, Pitt has a game that day. They've already had a game rescheduled for that day. I think against Georgia tech. So if the ACC were to somehow, you know, not give Florida State that home game that day because of the idea that Clemson might need a home game because Clemson wants that home game for their revenue. Um, that would be it. Would be the ultimate instant insult. So to me, there's no way they can't do it. Florida State and Clemson have to play on December 12th. But if something happens and they don't, man, I, I don't. That's uh, 
that's a shot across the ballot, Florida State. Were you surprised at how slowly um, or, or how not at all um, we, we didn't hear from, from Florida State side of things when all this began to develop in terms of some official, whether that be the AD or the president? You know, I mean, it's, you know, I talked to some people over there that night, uh, that day as it went on, and they, you know, there was internal debate uh, about how to handle it. You know, and I think if, if there was a, if they felt like they had done something wrong or they were being criticized and they felt like um, there was merit to the, to the criticism and they, they needed to let their people know, um, maybe they would have, they just felt like it was cut and dry. And, and the, the story was getting out. They were talking, people in, at FSU were talking off on background or behind, off the scenes, behind the scenes and letting their story get out. So that was kind of the way they approached it. They didn't feel like getting into a, a war of words with Dabo Sweeney would be the right approach. I could argue it both ways. I mean, I, I think maybe they should have come out and said something. The tricky thing in that situation, though, is the long play was to not get into a, a, a verbal joust. And the reason I say that is because if they had come out right away and defended Florida State and been, you know, gone after Dabo, maybe it maybe it rallies the FSU fans who who want to see that. But there's always a chance that you there's always a chance you mess it up. Just letting Dabo be out there and let the the groundswell of support against him continue to rise, like Florida State had the high road. The only thing they could do was screw it up by by saying the wrong thing or 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 going over the top or something like that or getting involved in in more of a war. I think they may they might have made the right choice from that standpoint, but also from the long term, one of their concerns is FSU and Clemson have got really good relations. Like as schools, the administration, if you remember back when uh, FSU was the conferences were looking to they were getting yeah, destabilized. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Eric Barron was president of Florida State, Clemson's president. They had a pact during that whole thing where look, if, if you're going to leave, let us know, and if we're going to leave, we'll let you know. Like Florida State and Clemson are very aligned in this conference of basketball schools, um, and so you know they don't want to create a long term problem just because of this one issue with Dabo Sweeney. So I think that's kind of some of the stuff that was going in between it. And at the end of the day, it only would have appealed to the fan base. The fan base is the only ones who really want to hear what FSU has to say. I think most people were just focused on Dabo and his idiocy. Yeah, but I, I think the the problem with that, though, is that Norvell has to speak on it then. Correct. Like that's Norvell spent 30 minutes talking about that. You unleashed him to the Lions. But but because, I think he was eager. But I think he was eager to. Well, probably, but it's also above his pay grade. Like he can take a little shots at he can take shots at Dabo every now and again. But it'd also be nice, I think, for Florida State fans to know that their administration isn't cowering to Dabo Swinney. And that's what it might look like to some of them. Like, of course Florida State doesn't come out and say anything. Like, why, why would they? It's just this guy impugning the integrity of the entire school, this yokel from South Carolina, and you're not going to say anything. And, you know, Monday night he's saying, I know for a fact that Pitt traveled with a player that tested positive for COVID, and they still played the game. Well, that's not a fact. Why not come out and say, well, that's not true? Now Norvell's going to have to answer questions again later today and on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. He already it, did answer that on Monday. He said, we've never had one of our team yeah, or yeah. any other team so, say he, have a test He's still going to be asked again about Dabo, he, he, and it's going to continue to go. And it, I don't know. It would be – I thought there was a chance – you don't have to come out and have a press conference, but I, I, I think it wouldn't be the end of the world if Thrasher or Coburn came out and said, you know, forget what the guy in the, in the orange is saying. He's wrong. He's 100% wrong. I don't know well, where he's getting of, this information. It's part of a pattern where they've left coaches out to – 
you know, uh, dry. Uh, if you recall, and it wasn't, it, it was a while ago, but the Garnett Stokes situation, Stan Wilcox. Meanwhile, Jimbo's sitting up there at the, having to answer all these questions with the Jameis stuff. That was stupid. oh, and he was and he was willing to say crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm not defending it. I'm saying there was internal discussion. They this is why they they decided to not do it. Um, they it's not like they were just hiding in a corner. They 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 it was a conscious decision um, by everybody involved. To make that to make that decision. Now you're talking about two different administrations. Also, I know the fan base sees the well, school no, as John thrives. The fan base's perspective is watching leadership never rise right. up, and make a statement when they need it. That's I, what. I, yeah. No. I mean, I get you. I just. I really. Who would that? That only. I think it would have. It would have. That's fine if it just benefits your fan base. Do it for your fan base. Oh, but, but no, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it worked out perfectly fine. And you could have messed it up if you if you if you oh, said I, the wrong thing. I think it could have been a direct statement that had to do with the medical, and you could have just moved on instead of allowing Dabo to hijack the narrative and get the story out that Florida State is ducking you. And then now you have to come back later on, and we're still talking about this. I think it could have been very succinct. You wouldn't have had to screw anything up. You would have hit. You would have. You would have cited the medical and moved on. Okay, let me ask you this. So he does that. So FSU puts out that statement, whether it's Coburn or Thrash or whoever. They put out that statement. Does it shut up the Clemson fans? Oh, I'm not worried about Clemson. Does it, does it? In the national media, everybody in the national media was already on your side. So, like, you're not worried about the Clemson fans, right? Well, they weren't going to shut up either way. The national media was already on your side. So, again, what was it going to accomplish other than getting your fan, making your fans feel better in those 12 or 14 hours? But I think by the time Norvell spoke yesterday, FSU fans are they know they're on the high road. They they feel good about the situation. I just don't know. I mean, I'm, I I was suggesting to people I talked to that they do put out a statement. I'm on your guys' side. I'm just saying, I it's not like anything was lost by it. If the fans, the fans that don't believe in FSU's administration, that didn't believe in them Sunday night, don't believe in them today, didn't believe in them last week, wouldn't have changed their opinion if FSU put out a statement. Uh, but there, to me, the reason nothing was lost is because Norvell Norvell handled it like a champ. Like Norvell crushed that 28 minutes of yeah. being asked questions. What if he hadn't stepped up? What if he had said something right. incredibly onus, dumb? The onus ought not be The onus. onus should not be just on the head coach to answer everything when it comes to a decision that he didn't even have to make. That was all. I mean, at Clemson, heaven knows what Dabo, the onus on him for everything. He gets to talk about whatever. <laughs> but, in Nor, you know, Norvell, I thought they, they, he, was, he was left alone to talk about what turned into a very delicate subject. And now he's got the best coach in the, in the conference wanting to beat him by 100 and referring to him as that coach, their coach. And I don't care what he says. I'm not trying to be a doctor. It's like, oh, boy. It's just now it's become a war of words with Dabo and Norvell. And in Dabo's mind. But it still is. Well, I, I don't think Florida State or Norvell will have to have any other discussion about this. And this is where you would, no matter how you think they handled it on Saturday evening, Saturday, Sunday, just let Dabo keep talking. Please keep talking. I've been suggesting that all along. Like, that's the best thing that could happen because every time he opens up his mouth, he looks dumber and dumber. Um, the, and it's it's well, glorious. But, like, the thing you're just saying there, Corey, at the end, and I had people tweet at me, like, oh, just keep stirring up Clemson. Like, like anything we or anybody says is going to change the fact that Dabo was going to try to hang 70 on Florida State. It would have happened on Saturday. He's going to try to do it in two or three weeks. Like, no, you know, none of that's changed. I mean, he was going to – even if this had never happened, he was going to try to hang 70 on Florida State. Well, probably, yeah, you're probably right. 
Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does. He's got bigger games to play after that one, and I can't imagine Florida State's players are going to sit idly by and allow somebody to hang 70 on him if it's a 50-point game in the fourth quarter and he's throwing. Not hey, you know what? Florida State players know what knees are, and they know how to dive at them. They're not great at hitting them all the time, but they're not a di- hitting their you targets, think, think, but they're not a dive. You think Dabo will take the field wearing a football matters sweater? Probably. probably. Like, like the one he, he might he dress out wanting to play. He can wear the football matters one and – It'd be, that'd be good. That, yeah. That or COVID doesn't awesome. matter. Yeah. COVID is an excuse. Yeah. All that. Oh, he's got a lot of slogans he can he can don. He could like the players could uh, like put tape on their like CIE COVID is an excuse. And like when they ask like what does that mean? Oh, it's just uh, something private in the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't crack this code. <laughs> Seminal headlines on seven nine ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. On to another subject that's not a lot of fun because it involves more things being canceled and frustration surrounding COVID. But um, what, what do you think is going to happen here with basketball, guys? A lot of cancellations already, and we know, obviously, uh, this Gardner-Webb situation isn't good. Georgia canceled their game, um, and Duke did as well. Um, I'm just starting to notice all around the country pockets of where we're seeing these things get canceled or delayed, postponed. I, I'm, I'm worried about non-conference action. I'm not real sure we're going get, to get much of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, Florida State, as, as we're recording this Tuesday morning, Florida State has not, and, and Gardner-Webb have not canceled that game, but I'm sure it's imminent. Um so I don't expect that game to be played. And yeah, your point. Um, I mean, basketball is going to be tough. The even as they they move. By the way, how about Gardner Webb opening up with Duke, then Florida State, and then Georgia? Gotta get it's paid, th- baby. Bang, bang, bang! Like a like uh, two days, two days, two days. They play those three schools. Good, good job, Gardner Webb. Well, they're not getting paid. Way to go, kid. Screwed it up. <laughs> That's what they should tell the kid that has COVID. Um, it would be great if, like, Duke and Georgia have already canceled and then Florida State cancels and then Gardner-Webb's coach goes after Leonard yeah. in the media. They go, Leonard, <laughs> ducking us again. I understand K, but they, they're going to use COVID as an excuse. This kid's fine. Um, yeah, it's dicey. I mean, the thing is, truth is, with basketball, and we, you know, we all talk to people within the program and around athletics, and – you know, basketball is always seen as, as a much dicier proposition, obviously, uh, because it's indoors, because of um, some of those reasons. And it's also, um, I think, compounded right now because you're at the end of a t- you're at the tail end of a semester. I think one of the things that the the schools are hoping and the, the, the enterprise of college basketball is hoping is that it's going to be worse right now because it's the end of a semester. Every all the students are about to go home. Now they're going to be home and they're being encouraged to not come back on just about every campus. They're being encouraged to not students are to not come back after Thanksgiving. So that gives you about a month where there's no students on campus. So maybe you can kind of reinstitute a sort of bubble. And then once you get into the course of the season, I'm sure most college basketball players are going to be taking all online classes for the next semester. And so then you, you, you kind of get into that, that flow that we kind of had in football that's deteriorated lately, but at least it gives you a chance to kind of get going and uh, but yeah, I mean they have they. It's one of those things where some people in basketball don't think there's any chance the season's going to be able to come off. But the other side of it is, if it doesn't happen, the NCAA, if there's not an NCAA basketball tournament, that organization is bankrupt. They're done. Like they can't go two years without an NCAA tournament. So it's uh, they're they got to figure out a way. But but it's going to be dicey here early. I can't imagine. Uh... 
doing less. For, they've had like eight months to prepare for this. Um, really four months to know kind of the landscape, but I know it's back out of control again, the virus. But it really doesn't seem like the NCAA did anything basketball-wise to make this thing easier. Well, like, just, you know what they, I mean? They, they just kept arguing and going back and forth and throwing yep. different ideas. They, and they never came up with a real, uh, you know, coaching plan. They just didn't. Like, there was there was nothing. It's just like, uh, kind of, all right, we'll just don't play as many games. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. That'll work. I mean, as, as recently as a few weeks ago, they were still trying to have all these non, you know, these neutral site tournaments, and you know everybody started pulling out of those. Um, you got my man Rick Patino, uh, basically being quoted. Anybody, anybody will turn on a microphone in front of him. He's telling him it's a disaster that that they need to stop. Um, Dude, he made the rounds. He's been on every show in America. He is. He is. Uh, he's making it known that he doesn't want to be playing right now, and uh, and he might be right. And the rea- you know, I listened to Jeff Capel yesterday. I saw him on ACC Network talking. And he was saying some of the things publicly that I've heard other people say privately that, man, without a bubble, this is going to be really tough. It is going to be really tough. And and I think, Corey, you bring up a great point. Man, what the F have they been doing all this time? It's so aggravating. You had all kinds of time to get this right. Are we just not going to plan for something that absolutely has to be played? I mean, to Ira's point, they can't not play it. They got to play it. People could drop dead on the court. They got to play it. <laughs> yeah, I- I, I would think, uh, to me now, like looking at where the landscape of college is, I would delay it. I don't think I would delay it like Patino's saying. There's no need to play college basketball, to me, until after January 1st. Like, give yourself some time and some runway sure. to figure out how we're going to do this now that the landscape is changing. Um, and hopefully this latest surge starts to die down. It gets us somewhat back to the way it was, I don't know, in September, um, October. And then you go from there. But right now, it's the problem, too, is what kind of plan is it that if anybody in on the team tests positive, you're shut down for two weeks? How is that a, how is that a plan moving forward where you can have a season? That's an impossibility. That's, that's four or five games. Yeah, and I saw last night where UConn's women's basketball, they're shutting down for 14 days because they had a player test positive. It's like, yeah, it doesn't, there's no, it just doesn't seem feasible. There, I saw a report last night where they're 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 going to reexamine that. Some of the conferences are going to look at, but I mean, why are we reexamining that now? We any one of we us should have told already you been examining this. This is where they don't have a commissioner, the NCAA, to be heading up these kinds of conversations and having everybody pulling in the same direction. It's it's conference by conference nonsense. It's just so frustrating. I. I can't fathom that they waited all this time and now it's upon them and the virus is raging and it is striking them that the, the realization is that their season is in trouble, is in peril. And and nobody has an answer. Nobody has an idea of what they're going to, how they're going to pivot. It was constant debate as opposed to working together to figure out a plan in a bubble. Should have been a plan in a bubble. Well, what they're going to end up doing is cutting that in half, I'm sure. If a player tests positive, they're going to shut down for five to seven days and then go from there. But why wait till whenever? Why wait till December or January to make that call? Just do it now. You've got to figure out a way. Again, it's unfeasible. You're telling me they get to March and there's a first-round game between Florida State and Ball State and a kid on Florida State's team tests positive. Florida State doesn't get to play in the tournament. Are 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 you going to delay the tournament two weeks? Like that's just it's a not it's an impossibility. So they'll they'll do that. But what makes you frustrated is anybody with any sense, like Ira said, knew 
a two week gap where you not only are you not you're, you're shutting down, you're not just not playing games, you're completely shutting down. So then you have to work back into basketball shape. You got to go run back in the sand pits. Like, you know, like it's just unfeasible. You've got to come up with a better solution than just shut it down for two weeks. Because if you shut it down for two weeks, you might as well not play the season. Yeah, I think for the for the NCAA tournament, what they're talking about and I think is going to have to happen is that will have to be a straight up bubble. Um, and that's what the that's what the NCAA cares most about. They, you know, they, of course, they want the season to happen for the sport. But really where they are going to make all their money is in that tournament. Uh, those 64 teams. So I think, you know, that's going to have to be a bubble. And that may be, maybe it's something where they uh, push it back from the end of the season. I think, you know, we all know they want it to be March Madness, but it may have to be in April or whenever it is, but they're going to have to create a, a window of time, maybe two weeks, whatever it is, to make sure all those teams can kind of make get past any issues they have, then go to that site. And that's where they're going to play the games. I mean, I just think it's going to have to be in a, a true bubble to pull off that tournament. You talking, can't have you can't have sixty four teams flying across the country no. coming in and out of these different arenas. No, they're going to do it in Indianapolis, right? I mean, that's what yeah. we keep hearing about. They're just going to push it to Indianapolis, and all the teams will play there. We'll come back, wrap up the hour in a moment on Seminole Headlines. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, so there's real fear, and and that was the one thing that we were excited about, obviously, as a fan base, but also uh, those of us in the press covering uh, the Florida State athletic programs is like, okay, we get to pivot to basketball. We're so excited about that. Hamilton's put together an incredible group. We can't wait to watch this Scotty Barnes. We want to see how the pieces work together, and now we're all scared to death that we're not going to get any of this. And and I know there are more important things than our satisfaction, but damn it, man, I really – this every ass kicking that Florida State took this year after the game, I thought, well, another week closer to basketball. And I think I echo the sentiments of Florida State fans everywhere when I say that. And now I'm thinking, nope, nope, we're not going to get what we thought. I mean, do you think we're going to see Florida State, Indiana, Florida State, Florida? It's dicey, man. I don't know, 50-50, 60-40. I mean, it's definitely not a sure thing. Um, Florida's paused right now, right? They were, yeah, they, yeah. I'm not sure if they still are, but they have been. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I and you know, the th- it's like again, selfishly, you know, we want to see this team. We think this team's going to be really good, but you're only going to have Scotty Barnes for one season, right? So you know, and right now you're only going to have 25 games, probably 24 games. Uh, you'd like to see him, and you know, the this you know the whole team, but I'm focusing on him because we haven't seen him before, and all the talk has been so cool. Um, not just because of what he is as an athlete, um, but because of what he is apparently is, you know, just as a, as a, as a figure. I mean, he's apparently very charismatic, um, great personality. Like he's going to be the kind of guy, like you're going to want to keep your eyes on to, to really see what he's doing. Um, and people are going to be, you know, really want to see that. Um, so I, you know, I hope they play, man. I hope they, I hope they do. But even if I would say this is, as, as rocky as it is right now and as rocky as it continues to be, they do feel like if they get, once they get past these next couple of weeks, there's an opportunity to get on solid footing because all those students will go home. Yeah. That's why you delay the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that, you know, and that's where, you know, your buddy Rick wants to delay it even further. Um, yeah, he wants to push it back another couple months and, you know, I, you know, we'll see, but it's uh, it's scary, man. And the, the reality is all these schools, you know, it's not like they're out of the water financially by any stretch, just because we had a football season, you know, David Coburn, FSU's athletic director 
went to the board of trustees Friday and said, look, it was worse than we thought. Like they, they knew going into the season with limited capacity, you know, the, the fans, it's under 20,000 per game. Um, you know, with the, the limits and concessions and everything else, they knew it was going to be a bloodbath this season. They already cut 20% of their budget uh, in salaries and, and eliminating positions. They've you know reduced travel. They've done all these things. And he went to the board of trustees on Friday and said, look, it's worse than we thought. We're going to have to do more things. We're going to have to have more cuts looking at cutting some individual sports budgets, which is going to be painful. And so um, if you, you know, every basketball, that game that doesn't get played, just adds to that debt as well. Uh, and, and it's not like those games are going to make up what you would have made because the attendance right, for those is going to be really the small. Some, right. Right. Yeah. What was crazy about that board of trustees meeting, Ira, I know you saw it right there at the end when he talked about all the purse cut, the string cutting, you know, having to cut sports. He's like, but just wait to see what we do to Clemson on Saturday morning. That's all I'm going to say. And then he walked, he walked out of the room. Dropped the mic. Yeah. It's like, just wait till we see what I, Oh man, please. I just hope they flew with somebody positive. I just hope they were dumb enough to make a flight with somebody that had COVID. What's funny about that is like that is, and again, that's why Dabo's stuff, his whole thing about the administration was so laughable was because like FSU's I mean, they need every penny they can get. Yeah. Plus, the reason the board of trustees met, they meet every two months. The reason they met this particular weekend was because it was the Clemson game and the trustees want to be in town to watch the Clemson game. So they were pissed. Boosters were, I mean, it's, it's not just like FSU pissed off Dabo or Clemson, like people, big power brokers at FSU were really pissed about that game getting canceled. Yes, so FSU didn't Dabo's- do it for any, it, that was a hard decision. Like, they didn't want to make that decision because of what it was going to mean internally as much as anything else. But but by by, by Dabo's logic, if I could speak, uh, it really was just about him being pissed off. Yeah. It, right. it, yeah. All, it always is. And, uh, you get that it's frustrating, right? You flew all the way down there. You did. You you thought you followed the protocols. You fly down there, and then you're told, no, the other team doesn't want to play. But just you can chalk it up to being a bummer. Uh, you could just chalk it up to say, well, you know, we thought we were good enough. We thought we had done enough to play. They thought otherwise. I hope we can reschedule. Not those cowards are scared of getting blown out. Right. It's like, it's buddy, mis- did you watch the Louisville game? Yeah. These players embrace getting blown out. Yeah, it's a, it's a mischaracterization to say they didn't want to play. They de- definitely wanted to play. Right. They desperately wanted to play. They couldn't play because of the decisions that Clemson made. Sure. Yeah. So, it's a, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? And, and, you know, if if there was any doubt, if it was any other school, maybe like maybe you could make an argument that Clemson, look, man, this is just one tiny little one tiny little blip on our radar. But during the summer, people literally thought you were going for herd immunity. Yeah, like, you wanted everybody to get it. You had it so frequently. <laughs> there were so many guys, and then you just had your quarterback get it in the middle of the season, who's you know a Heisman front runner. I mean, it's well, just never- they have. Now, this is the same guy that when players express concerns about social injustice, many other things that fall under that umbrella, he deemed it as a distraction. And go back and read his comments about COVID from March and April. Oh, yeah. They are, they are awesome. They're like, tell- we're, this country took Normandy. This country, you know, <laughs> these, we've, we're, we've kicked every challenge in the teeth. That's how, you, that's how you get them talking about. That's well, how you get them sure. talking about Hitler. Yeah. And where he's going to say something not great is you, yeah. you bring up World War II and COVID. 
It reminds me of when every time Bob Knight would be asked to analyze something and they'd bring him in, they were like, let's, let's, we talk to our own Bob Knight and be like, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> He's going to say, you know, something. I thought about Bob Knight uh, last night, Jeff, when uh, the Rams had to think had to punt on with nine seconds left. You thought about the, punch straight up I'm the like, why don't they have golf just roll to the right and throw it to the heavens? Yeah. <laughs> By the time that bad boy lands, the game's over. You don't have to risk getting a punt block. The Bob Knight challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I remember they used to go to Bob, uh, Bob Knight about anything that was remotely controversial. I'd be like, oh, my God, Bob Knight's two seconds away from saying the whole problem is black people's fault. I mean, yeah. I, I, you always knew it was right on the cusp of happening. All right, let's get the headliner questions. We'll do it in a moment. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. 